This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Dove Cohen is the CEO and co-founder of New Tech Medical, an Israeli medical device startup that has created a tool that can detect cancerous tissue real-time during an operation to assist surgeons in its removal. Avraham and Dove sat down in the offices of J.M.B. Davis Ben David to discuss what inspired Dove to create this tool, the role of patents in his business, building a team, finding funding, and the market tips for startup founders, and much more. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not enough to just have a great startup idea or innovation. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We keep your great innovation secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's jmbdavis.com. Welcome, Dove Cohen. Dove, you are one of the founders of the company called NewTech, and you're developing a new device. What problem does NewTech solve? What NewTech develops and the problem it resolves has to do with uh, uh, cancer surgeries. What we are providing the surgeon in real time while he is uh, cutting out the tumor on the patient's body, we provide him with uh, an objective tool based on pure physics by which he can validate that there are no remainings of tumor tissues or cancer tissues on the patient's body. Normally, what is done today using the, uh, the golden standard is that the tumor itself is being analyzed at a pathology laboratory post the operation, after the operation. So only a few days after the operation, both the patient and the surgeon knows whether or not the operation was successful or not. Mm -hmm. And what we're providing is a real-time tool that he will know it on the spot, and he will also be guided to where continue to remove tissue. So this tool can actually show the surgeon the difference between regular healthy tissue and cancerous tumor tissue. Exactly, yes. We identify not only the tissue itself, but also the exact location of the remaining cancer tumor. Can you tell me a little bit about how it works? Like, does he look through it? Is it optical? It, it is optical. It is, uh, uh, it is based on, on uh, hyperspectral imaging. It is a hyperspectral imaging device with uh, very high resolution that gives you not only the, the pure image of the morphology or how the tissue looks like, it also gives you the content and it tells you per each pixel whether it is healthy or cancerous. So how is this idea born? Where did it come from? I had a long career in the aerospace industry. I, I worked for several decades at the uh, Israeli aerospace industries. And uh, my career was cut through while uh, I was diagnosed with uh, cancer. And uh, I went through an operation. It wasn't easy. It was rough times. But I went through it. I'm okay today. And uh, only, it was only after the operation, like uh, one week later, that uh, the message came in from the pathology lab that uh, there is a remaining uh, tumor tissue that, which remained in my body. And then I had two options, whether to go back to under the knife again, which I didn't want to. And I picked up the alternative, which was uh, aggressive radiation, 
And uh, afterwards, I, I was discussing with, uh, with all the surgeons and the physicians that were surrounding me and taking care of me and asking them, how come this thing happens? I mean, and, and they simply said, we do not see. While we are operating, we do not see where is the remaining uh, uh, cancer tissues and who are the, the, the healthy ones. We are just cutting with uh, some spare margins, but we do not see it. And based on, on this word, I realized that if we can see from satellites, and I'm coming from the aerospace, as I said, if we can see from satellites, we can see ants on the ground, how come this uh, surgeon cannot see while he is 20 centimeters from my body, the difference between cancer and healthy tissue? Very interesting. So your experience with cameras and with uh, imaging and being in this unfortunate situation actually led you to this idea that can potentially save other people that are in similar situations. Exactly. I, I checked it very thoroughly and I found out that we are actually dealing with an unmet need and that uh, this problem is, is all around. And on every uh, cancer tumor removal surgery, the same problem exists. Let's talk a little bit about the transition from the aerospace industry to the medical device industry. It's must have been a difficult transition. It's a di- totally different field. You could, maybe you could tell us uh, if it was difficult to do. As an engineer, I will divide it into two different uh, areas. One area is uh, the corporate issue and running a, a startup, which is totally different than running a large corporate or working in a large corporate. A startup is not a small corporate as it is. It is uh, something very unique, a unique species that has to be managed in a very unique way and not as we're used with large corporates. The other portion is the technology. I was very close to technology since uh, most of my career at the aerospace industry, I dealt with uh, high tech and the the top technologies which exists. And my uh, job was actually to uh, combine them together. I, I was a system engineer and I was managing development programs with the tip of technology everywhere I went throughout my career. So that wasn't a problem. I mean, I know how to reach a problem, how to manage the risks, how to analyze it, how to to do all the financial analysis around it. So uh, from the technology part, that was easy for me to slide in. Just to follow up on this question, regarding the medical field, you all of a sudden probably were encountered with a new set of regulations and requirements that weren't present previously, right? This is true. And and that's why I, I, I had to pay very much attention to the team and, and to, to uh, the team I'm selecting and I'm working with. And uh, I was very fortunate to find out uh, an excellent team, which works to me throughout the day. It's uh, Ofer Brown, my, uh, the CTO and my, uh, I would say, beloved partner, that we go together a long way. Since uh, I was in the aerospace industries, I was launching the satellites that he was developing the cameras for them. So uh, our careers uh, touched here and there throughout the years. And now we met together. And together with us is uh, Professor Hanuk Kashtan, which is uh, the medical director of this entire uh, company. And uh, he is a surgeon, a very well-known surgeon with a lot of experience, many years of experience. He was running and managing uh, surgical divisions in uh, large hospitals in Israel, in Belenson, mm-hmm. today is in Asuta. But uh, he's with us all the way, so practically he represents a customer. And there isn't a larger privilege than that than having a customer in your team. Mm-hmm. I guess he sees what the need is and he's, he's right. uh, operating from the side of the need. 
exactly. in the team. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Let's talk a little bit about patents and intellectual property. So you have IP, and uh, what role does that IP play in your startup? Well, IP is in, 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 in my startup, as in any other startup, is, is, is a cornerstone. It's something that has to be dealt with from the very beginning, since this is a major asset that every investor, everyone who wants to come closer to you in any means, like subcontractors or, or strategic partners or investors, this will be the first thing they will be looking at. And uh, for us, uh, the IP uh, was uh, part of our strategy. So we have to, to prepare ourselves very well how to protect what we are doing, when to uh, protect it. Timing is very important. The earliest, the better. I'm not giving any, any advices. It depends particularly on, on the case. But for us, the earliest was the better. Since uh, we didn't have any claim to the physics, we are using uh, technology which is well known for many years, and our claims were more based on the application itself. So mm-hmm. it has much to do with the timing of, of we are of announcing things or bringing things to, to the public uh, uh, notion. And the IP basically has to be dealt as one of the major strategies in every company. Mm-hmm. This is how we deal with it. So you had um, a certain struggle of, dealing with what you're going to speak about, what you're going to talk about at conventions and what you're going to talk to potential investors about, and on the other hand, protection of the IP, right? Yes, right. This is one side of the map. The other side is internally. How do I protect my technology with the IP protection capabilities like patents and others? And that implies on the development, development itself. I mean, how do I protect my software? How do I protect my algorithms? There are a lot of questions that has to be asked at a very early stage and make sure that they are, all of them are covered in one way or another in a, in a kind of protection, because this is what later on investors will be looking at. We, we tackled not once with investors that were analyzing our patent, and I quote, just to see how strong it is and how can this relate to the, to the market you are in. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned your career in aerospace. I would say you're not the typical startup founder in that a lot of people are just out of school or have a few years of experience in the industry. You have a full career behind you. Is that a disadvantage or an advantage from your viewpoint in terms of being a startup founder? Well, it, my viewpoint could be different from others' viewpoint. My viewpoint, it's, it's a, a great advantage because uh, me and the CTO and Offer and Kashtan, we all together, we bring together hundreds of uh, years of experience and motivation, very strong motivation, and, and also a very deep understanding of the market we are operating in. Mm-hmm. So I would see it as, as a great adventure. I would say that, uh, you know, I, I really, I'm not the usual, uh, the usual suspect I would think about when you talk about startups, startup people or startup uh, uh, innovative people. But uh, I think that my passion to do things and to make sure that what I think should solve a problem to the world is not less important that it doesn't it it has nothing to do with age i'm very very keen and i'm very very passionate about it to make sure that what we are developing here will really bring a solution to many patients around the globe Mm -hmm. and by this i don't think that i differ from any other startupist let's talk a little bit about the investment path that you took to get where you are today yeah that's that's a (laughs) It's, it's a good question, very good one. 
The path that uh, we took has a lot to do with uh, the situation, with uh, what happened in the markets in the last few years. And we know that there was a, a kind of a turbulence going back and forth and a pendulum that went back and forth. And uh, we were trying all the time to stay above the water with uh, the cash that we had. It all started with uh, going to uh, competition. And we started with the competition of uh, the Paul Mirage uh, competition uh, for startups, which were for age 45 plus and women at any age. And uh, I competed there and uh, we took the first prize. So that wow. was the first $100,000 that went into our bank account. Following that, with this money and with our own time that we weren't pay, we, we, we just worked and we performed a proof of concept. And afterwards, we had uh, four uh, angels who just believed in us, just came with the sentiment and they put their money in and made the first investment. And so we gathered all together about half a million dollars. Mm -hmm. With this money, we continued to develop our equipment and then we, uh, we got in touch and we applied to the Innovation Authority of the Federation of Austria, to the Austrian authorities. And uh, it took us a long time. During all the COVID period, we were writing papers back and forth. We were writing applications. Finally, we were approved a very large number of uh, more than a million euro for two years project to work and uh, to get it. We got it as a grant. Practically, mm -hmm. it was a grant. And uh, we had to uh, fill in the matchup. It was like 70-30. And 30% we need to bring from our own resources. This is where we didn't have any other choice since time was very short. And we, we practically invested the money ourselves. I mean, Kashtan offered the CTO and myself. We invested our own money in the company. So as we say, we have skin in the game. Mm -hmm. It's a sign that you really believe in yourselves. Very much. So Austria is an interesting way to gain investment. And I know that there's a lot of collaboration between various European countries and Israeli companies, Israeli startups. But uh, why specifically Austria? Why were they interested in, in this technology? There were two reasons. Uh, one of the reasons has to do with the project itself, technically. Uh, we were looking for some unique qualities that we found them in Austria. Mm -hmm. And this quality has to do with a group of uh, professors, of researchers, a combination of uh, pathologists and mathematicians working together on analyzing tissues. And that was a very unique group that I, I did a lot of effort to get through and get in touch with them. Once I get in touch with them, all the rest is history. I mean, I have actually a, um, a cooperation agreement with the Medical University in Graz. We are now located in Graz. We both together with the university, we went as a consortium to the Innovation Authority in Austria, and we received the grant together. So mm -hmm. we are practically also financing the university for the research they're doing for us. Mm -hmm. And that implies that we would have to have an Austrian company, a GmbH company. And we founded a company in Graz, which is 100% subsidiary, held by the Israeli company. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so uh, we are practically operating from there. And uh, the, we get every resource we need as far as research and hospital and uh, we are now in the middle of the preclinical experiment that we do on 35 uh, breast cancer patients. We get their tissues and we analyze them. And we have uh, plans going forward with this uh, university and with this fantastic group we are working with in Austria. So you're, you're about to enter a clinical study. Mm -hmm. 
This uh, preclinical experiment is very important for us because this will imply that we, we can present data. We can present what we are measuring. We, we're not only, it's, it goes much beyond the proof of concept that we did. Mm-hmm. And what we have on our plans are that within this upcoming year, we will have a, a full uh, MPV, which is a minimum viable product, but it will be uh, on the table made from on the shelf uh, uh, components that we will get, but it will be fully functional, similar to the end product. And uh, within 18 months, we, we plan to have a fully functional prototype uh, that we will allow us to go into the body for, for our second preclinical experiment. It mm-hmm. will allow us to go in vivo. Right now, the preclinical experiment is ex vivo. We get tissue, we do measurements right. in our laboratory. What do you think about the medical device space today? Are investors hesitant or ready to invest in the space? Well, from, from my perspective, and I've met a wide, wide variety of investors, private angels, venture capitalists, strategic partners, companies which were interested. I met a, a wide variety. So I can, I can clearly say that these days, private persons or venture capitalists are less, less uh, willing to invest in a long-term medical device. Normally takes long time. All of them, they are looking into uh, the FDA, the regulatory path, which can take years. And the return of investment is not that quick as, as with any other application. So you need to find those who are keen on this issue, who doesn't get scared by that, who see this as part of their business. And here I, I want to reflect to strategic partners. Strategic partners for them, our technology could be very, very valuable. So if we're looking at, at investors and, and what we are trying to, to reach by our contacts with them is that if we can show that uh, throughout the uh, upcoming, uh, let's say, two, three years, we reach fundable milestones for any investor, that would be good enough. But uh, today, the normal atmosphere is not like that. I mean, today, the normal atmosphere is that less and less uh, venture capitalists are willing to invest in medical devices. And uh, this is why we're channeling ourselves to private and to strategic partnerships. Mm-hmm. Maybe later we'll get back to them once we are growing up a little bit and, and show more, more assets. What tips do you have for founders who are just starting with a new idea or with a new company? I think that uh, build first very solid proof of concept before you move forward. Have your things very well done. And once you have a proof of concept and you have even a basic idea and you have it covered with, you know, any type of IP protection, I would start with that before going in all the math of the market and money and investments and how the, how the, the future would look. First of all, make sure that your idea really works and really brings uh, a solution and it is an unmet need. I mean, start with the basics. This would be my advice. That sounds good. I'm not, not always possible, I think. Sometimes getting to the level of proof of concept is a little bit difficult. It requires a lot more money than people have lying around. But you start with, uh, you know, family, friends, fools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know how it is. Exactly. All yeah. the three Fs in the beginning. Fs. So you had mentioned your plan for a future preclinical trial and another future preclinical trial. Where do you see new tech in another year or another five years down the road? I would say that uh, within a year or a little bit more, I'd say maybe a year and a half or so, we plan to have an establishment in the U.S., which is going to be one of our largest market. 
By the way, one of the reasons why Austria is that it's a door opener to Europe and to the EU, to the entire EU market. Mm -hmm. So we're working now on two levels of uh, regulation. We work on the MDR and we work on the FDA, Mm -hmm. both directions, looking at these two large markets. So within uh, a year, year and a half, I believe that we will have a a company in the US, a Nutec US. I'm not sure right now what exactly structure uh, we'll have behind it, but we will have, we we need to have a a company in the US. I see ourselves that we are implementing our idea in vivo, and this will be the second preclinical experiment that we'll perform. In vivo means on the patient's body, which is actually our final product, almost. I see that uh, during this period of time, in, in within two years, we will reach all those uh, clinicians and surgeons which are early adopters of technology since we are introducing a new tool, something which is uh, new to the very, very orthodox and methodological uh, methods which are used today in the operating room. So for this, we will need people which are willing to introduce it to the market and help us introduce it to the market. And these are the early adopters. We will have to chase and to find those those networks, uh, started to found them in, in the U.S. Looking uh, forward uh, beyond it, I see that uh, we remain an R&D company. We do mm-hmm. uh, connections with the larger companies that can do the manufacturing and can you know uh, distribute our tools everywhere. And we will remain an, an R&D company that will provide developments for next generations, for new applications. We are not looking only at breast cancer, but our imagination, not imagination, but our minds goes through other type of uh, cancer surgeries, which requires much more precision in their excision of the uh, tumor, mm-hmm. like uh, brain tumors, like uh, pancreas, like uh, liver. And this is where our product has the, the capacity to be the best in the market. This is the point where we will be the best in the market with our resolution and with our capabilities. And so we're not looking only at different organs, only we're looking also at different types of surgeries. The first uh, application for breast cancer is good as as, uh, it acquires the surgery to be an open surgery. And this is why we are producing and we're developing a handheld device. But in the future, we are looking into laparoscopic, minimal minimal invasive uh, surgeries which are laparoscopic or uh, robotic, I mean, applying our technology to the robots of Da Vinci and to other laparoscopic tools, which are more and more used in the operating room. Okay, great. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you here in our Modi'in office and uh, wishing you lots of success. And hopefully this product will be seeing it in the market soon and it will be able to help patients and help treat cancer and assist surgeons in their surgeries in removing cancer. Thank you, Dove. Thank you very much, Avram. I'm very glad to be here, and I really look forward to, uh, to see these things happening. As I said, this is my passion. That was Dove Cohen, the CEO of New Tech Medical. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. Do you have a great innovation or startup idea? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by going to our website, jmbdavis.com. And if you go to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup, you'll see we have a special site 
specifically made for startups to help startups protect their innovations. Please be in touch with us and find out how we can help you. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode.